it's going to do is scream. Listeners, it's Cody, and this is the Squatch Cast. This is an especially romantic Squatch Cast. It's just That's right. It's just me and my friend Max, and a and, bottle of red wine, and a bottle of red wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Dexter? Dexter. Where's fan favorite Dexter? The fans want him. The fans love him. He went to Russia because he didn't care. <laughs> Uh, he's been there for less than 24 hours. Do you think he's been robbed yet? I really hope not, uh, but I do think he has. <laughs> um, we were talking about it, and he's, he was, like, right before he left, he told me that he knew somebody that was on vacation there right now, and they had just been uh, robbed. But they didn't just get robbed. They got roofied and then robbed. So uh, they do it, I guess, you know, like hardcore style in mother russia uh but hey you know well that's what you go there for that's right the sunshine the danger the danger god (laughs) yeah well good luck you'll we'll feel terrible if he never comes back god this yeah i fucking this episode would never be released no totally exactly we have the buffer thankfully a few episode (laughs) buffer just in case someone dies well, that's yeah. why we do it like that, <laughs> in case of, you know, extreme medical emergency or anything. Bigfoot is a skin condition. 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 Okay, so what is the topic of this week's Squatch cast? I'm so glad you asked. This week... We're continuing our, you know, South Pacific Sasquatch vacation, Mm -hmm. uh, leaving the beautiful isles of Indonesia for the mysterious mainland of Vietnam. The, uh, yeah, the the crew, the BFRO, Matt, Renee, Cliff, and Bobo, they packed their bags. They're in uh, Vietnam, and they're looking for something called the Tauri this week. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's pretty much just a another very similar to the orang pandak yeah they they call it the wild man is is kind of like the english translation of the tauri but yeah it's it's actually interesting it's the halfway uh bigfoot it is not the tiny orang pandak it is not the large bigfoot it Mm -hmm. is just regular old size tauri (laughs) that's right yeah you know other than that there really isn't a lot of big there isn't a lot of difference between this episode and the last episode. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe I'm selling this episode a little short. There are... <sighs> Cody, mm-hmm. I feel like we've watched... You've seen more Finding Bigfoot than I have. I've watched a lot, yeah. Yeah. I've seen three episodes now, and each episode has the exact same structure. It's hyper-formulaic. Do they not... Do, is it... Is, so it's not coincidence that they've just structured these three episodes that I've seen in the same way? Or is it, that's just the way they... That's their approach. No, they wrote a Word document for the first episode. <laughs> and what they're doing is they, they copy and paste that Word document of, a, of their script 
into a new Word document, and then they change a couple of the the letters around in the places, mm-hmm. uh, and then they they do do basically the exact same thing yeah. every episode. They just do it in a different place, and sometimes with a, a different focus. Have they ever gotten anything on camera? The only way I'll ever know is if I watch every, every single episode. episode. And that's that's what the whole point is of this. <laughs> documenting that journey i've been reading a lot of albert camus lately and uh in in his plague you know the doctor there is he's just keeping his chin up because everybody's dying around him all the time but he he says that uh something like i'm paraphrasing but he says you know the only uh or or life is, is absolutely meaningless and garbage but there's you know there's a there's redemption to be had in struggling against that and resisting the meaninglessness of of life. But if you put that on the finding Bigfoot scale, yeah. it's like you just got to keep looking even if you don't it's it's absurdist, but it's, you know, that's you got to struggle in the face of of not finding Bigfoot in order to make mm-hmm. your life meaningful. You have to have faith. That's what I understand. Is it a religion? Is finding Bigfoot a, a religion, not for the audience, but are we watching four people whose religion is finding Bigfoot? I make that makes a lot of sense to me. You have to have a lot of faith. You do. It's and their f- faith is unquestionable at this point. Those dudes. I don't know if anybody believes in Bigfoot as much as those four. Well, well I would encur- them. I would encourage. I would. I would loop Renee into that conversation because it's not about. It's not necessarily about believing that he's there. It's about having faith that by searching, you will come to a conclusion one way or another. That's fucking profound. Thank you. I Thank you. Actually, you just summed up the, like one of the big reasons why I do this podcast and why I'm interested in Bigfoot is, you know, aside from whatever kind of anthropological business there is about it, I I really do think that you know, it's kind of representative of, you know, Western science. Is that, am I a huge jabroni for saying that? <laughs> for, for just being like, it's, you know. I love the fact that you just dropped the word jabroni. Well done. <laughs> well done. But, you know, it's, it, it is exactly, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's looking and ev- you always feel like you're getting one step closer, but you, you're never going to get there. And you kind of know mm-hmm. in your own mind, you're never going to get there. But you keep doing it anyways? Mm-hmm. I wonder if you ask them, like, what would you do if you actually found one? Yeah, would the show stop? I don't know. Or, or it's like, you know, it might be like a Batman and Joker type thing where if we if one of them kills the other, then the game is over. Yeah. So you never really want to win. Yeah, you want them to be eternally yeah. finding Bigfoot. And but never... never ha- find bigfoot exactly Mm -hmm. shit well now i don't know what to say god i'm really thinking a lot about my life this is what happens when you get rid of dexter i (laughs) this is actually like my life when when dexter and i aren't hanging out is i'm just spiraling downwards into this like dark existential crisis well you did you are the one reading camus i yeah there you go Uh, i gotta stop that um all right so yeah what happens in this episode um, it's the same thing that happens in every episode, but walk us through it. What, what what happens first, I guess? Well, the very first thing we're doing this episode is we're going to pull up some tasteful uh, war footage. <laughs> there, of, was a, there was so much war footage. They really wanted to drive it home that 
they were in Vietnam, and that was a place where some pretty terrible things had happened. And uh, they, even though that's not really related to the Bigfoot side of it, I think they just kind of felt like as Americans that they needed to address it. Because, Put it into some kind of context. Exactly. Yeah. Just in case they, just in case people had forgotten. Exactly. And that, it actually does feed into a little bit of the conversation of about why they're there, because uh, Matt says that the, the reason why they are going to Vietnam is because some of the returning war veterans had returned with uh, not only a variety of really distressing <laughs> stories outside of the wild man genre, but also with these reports of this wild man living in the jungle. Right. Uh, this hair color, sorry, hair covered uh, you know, five foot to six foot uh, bipedal primate that's living in the forests of Vietnam. And then the next thing they get to is they start talking about a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about how basically Vietnam is this cryptozoological cornucopia, <laughs> to quote Cliff, oh, in that uh, it's one of the places in the world where a ton of new species are being identified all the time, including mm-hmm. large mammals, including... This species of deer that looks uh, like uh, a bongo? Now, Max, can you fill us on? I just want you to just fill us in a little bit on on bongos. Okay, yeah. I won't go into my whole bongo obsession. But a bongo is a African antelope uh, quite large, very sizable. I'm talking the size of a caribou um, uh, or reindeer. Like, it is a, a large animal. It is almost entirely brown. It's got some very, very defined stripes. It has outrageous horns. Uh, horns like an ibex, kind of, if you, can, if you know what that is. Um, and I went through a period where I was doing nothing but posting photos of them on Instagram. And I was... lost a lot of followers. No, oh, those photos were beautiful. <laughs> if you haven't seen a picture of a bongo, you got to image that shit right now because they're, they're gorgeous animals. But... Um, related to our, our conversation, I if someone had come up on to me on the street and told me that like bongos are an animal that exists and they got weird ass horns yeah. and they're huge and beautiful, I don't know if I would believe them without heading to Google Images immediately to search the shit out of that. Sure, sure. And what's crazy is that they found this other like jungle yeah. antelope uh, that looks a lot like the bongo. In the middle of Vietnam in 1992. Yeah. And this isn't like a tiny little... This isn't like a new species of tree frog or a new centipede or something like that. A lot of centipedes in this episode, by the way. A lot of centipedes. Um, This was a giant animal. They said it was like five and a half feet at the shoulder. Like, how big is a moose? Yeah, it's... Moose can be very, very large, but yeah, it, you could see a moose that was like five feet. It's a jungle moose. They yeah. discovered a jungle moose in 1992. Yeah. Tell me that the Yowery, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like a, it's like a man, like an, a wild man, or some sort of mythological, like something more important than a monkey. Mm-hmm. But dude, there's probably some big monkeys in the Vietnam jungle that we've never seen before. Yeah, they. A lot of the times, I don't feel like they make a compelling case for that. But all they had to do was, like, you know, cite a couple of actual scientific discoveries for me to, to just be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's fair." Um, yeah. God. Yeah, that's pretty good. So they, uh, and then to add on to that, 
the uh, the next place they go is to a university, which is very rare for the Finding Bigfoot team <laughs> to seek out any kind of academic assistance. Mm-hmm. But they found they find themselves at this university. Um, I'm, I can't remember if the, in, this uh, is in Vietnam. This they're, is in they're Vietnam. They're visiting a university in Vietnam. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, they find this guy uh, named Tran Hong Viet. And I'm, I'm not sure what he's a professor of. It appears to be <laughs> that's biology. A good, that's a good. That's a good question because they never mentioned it. They yeah. just said. In fact, I don't even know. Did they say he's a professor? Or Actually, did, I don't know now that we're talking about it. Or did they just say he works at the university? Because listen, <laughs> I work at a university, and if you could frame it in a way, yeah, that I'm like, oh, Bigfoot expert who works at the university. Yeah, I've got a, the average Bigfoot finding Bigfoot viewer is not going to question that. I've got a box with a cast. You want to see some shit? Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and and kind of right after they introduce this professor, uh, they they do a, a face shot on Matt, and Matt's saying something, and he's he's talking about how you know we have this translator there, so we can make sense of it because I do not speak Vietnamese, but boy, would I like to learn. Yeah, what a weird. And what he, a weird aside by him. I mean, great. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know people. if I believe him or if he's just trying to be respectful because he's in a country. But uh, e- either way, he says it in a way that made me laugh pretty out loudishly. Matt Moneymaker is a type of guy for me. Here's my impression of Matt Moneymaker. Mm-hmm. He really is aware of how his image is being affected by this program. Yeah. And so he is doing his best to to tailor his own image in the public eye. He's su- he's super aware. Oh yeah. You know, so he'll drop things like I would love to learn Vietnamese and the implication is that he's a he's a man of the world, he's a culturally open guy, he's you know, he's an intellectual, he's sort of compounding this idea. The opposite of money maker is who? Bobo. Oh my god, Bobo. The dude doesn't even blink. <laughs> he, he didn't blink in this episode. He didn't blink in this whole episode. How, what is what is up with this guy? I I don't know. I, I know that he's like, he's really nice. He's really nice to people. But he did not blink once during this episode. And, and he also did not change the tenor of his voice yeah. a single time. And he barely changes the look on his face. Yeah. Only when he's laughing. Does yeah. he change the look on his face? He has some really star moments in this episode that oh I really love. But uh, yeah, so back with this professor. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're asking him some questions about uh, you know what is what does this typically look like? Where yeah. are they typically found? Uh, the professor gives them some answers. He says, you know, uh, in the mountains, they're found in the mountains. Uh, I think he mentions like near caves, but maybe that's just me, like pushing that back in my own mind but uh no i think the cave stuff came out later when they went and they did their like patented mid-episode gather the villagers and taught tell you know get their stories yeah um so aside from the the information they're getting about you know like the folklore about this uh tauri they also (laughs) uh have time to just take a peek at this professor's box of footprint and uh the box of footprint they all seem really excited about everybody on the bfro is like whoa yeah and they're pointing at it and saying why it's the best and why it works but as 
the viewer, the cameraman has a super oblique angle, and I just kind of see this crumbly little bit of plaster I know. in a box. It's always, it's always with the terrible camera angles. Yeah. They must be doing that on purpose. Like, you'd think so. They Otherwise, you would be. have, like, a full screen scan of the thing. If yeah. you were actually trying to convince me that there was yeah. one of these dudes walking around in there and there wasn't a human, you would... Give me that evidence. I know. I don't. That, I just don't think they care that much. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're really... Who's ever producing the show, directing the show, editing the show, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Way. They are just like, eh, we're, we've got... Uh, we need to fill up 25 minutes of footage. We're going to have six commercial breaks. Yeah, God, like more commercial breaks than I thought were legally allowed yeah. to happen on a half hour of television. Mm-hmm. It was absurd. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think, I think it is like a... A, an hour slot that they're given but I think there's so many commercials that you end up with 27 minutes of it's, television it's crazy and of that 27 minutes I think Dexter and I have talked about this previously but like 7 are just recapping what had happened in the I previous know. 5 the whole thing is 20 minutes it's a little bit absurd uh, and then the professor gets on to what they sound like and he gives a really really adorable <laughs> that's right He was a little bit more rhythmic. Yeah, than it was. A, I'll I, give him. I was doing a joke there, but mm-hmm. that is kind of how it sounded. Um, and uh, they say that the Vietnamese government. Has, this was this yeah. before. Just before you even, I just want to emphasize that this was the most interesting part of this whole episode. The I would factoid, agree with that. the factoid that you are about to drop, was like. Was the one like I have it underlined like thirty times in my notebook? This is the this is the moment. Yeah, I guess so. One of the things in Vietnam, if you're ever in Vietnam, uh, there is a hundred square miles of park set aside uh, as habitat for this wild man. So it's and and they established that in 1982 is yeah. what he said. So at some point, the government. So the government doesn't need to be convinced, right? The government is convinced. They're already in we need to protect mode. Like, yes. Yeah. So they're already of the mind that this is an endangered species mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And they're already setting aside like... And as someone who works a little bit with the government and is pretty regularly trying to convince them not to cut stuff down mm-hmm. or not to bulldoze things, it's pretty telling that a government is willing to set aside a sizable chunk of jungle and protect it from development over what may ostensibly be a myth yeah that i don't know but yeah that also stuck out to me a lot and that's really all i want from governments in uh, north america and canada is to be like not necessarily you know section off a corner of a park somewhere and say this is bigfoot country don't cut it down Mm -hmm. but at the very least i would like to see uh sasquatch put on the like extreme endangered like near extinction list like what what is the harm in that why can't we just do that you know that way if somebody sees a bunch they don't kill them nobody wants to be known though as the prime minister who puts sasquatch unless they do it as a joke but that's not but but, like um that's not the prime minister doesn't do that that's like ecological societies i just in my head i'm thinking that justin trudeau is out there saying (laughs) yeah you know let's protect this one this week that's right that's right some parkland for this weird buck tooth shrimp (laughs) shrimp beaver that's not a real one you never know yeah good point finding buck tooth shrimp beaver next week dude we have enough 
this, these episodes are so form- formulaic. Yeah. And all you need to do is produce 20 minutes. We could easily make a 20-minute thing. It's like finding the bucktooth shrimp beaver. We could structure it exactly like a Finding Bigfoot video. It wouldn't be hard at all. We get a few people to get on camera and just lie. And I bet you with the right music and the right close-ups yeah. and the right sound effects. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that? And then you cut to somebody being like, now, can it, what... Just because we heard something in the forest, does that mean it's the bucktooth shrimp beaver? No. Yeah. And it's like, just cut, and then, oh, God. This episode is so frustrating for so many reasons. <laughs> let's let's continue. Yeah, let's, let's continue. Let's keep rolling along on this joy train. Um, the next segment is, the BFRO is going to visit Vietnam. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it for real. They're going to go experience some culture, go to the fish market, and uh, you know, <laughs> get uh, experience some live music. You 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 may ask, well, how what does this have to do with Bigfoot? It doesn't, but you know, it's an educational program. People got to find out about different cultures from this show. That's why we watch it to to find <laughs> out what Vietnam is actually all about. <laughs> I, I I think it's okay that they that they sort of showed. I mean, I think in the in the public conscious, Vietnam is still like probably like enemy territory. Actually, you know? that, to the specific audience of this program, I probably believe. Or sorry, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't mind that the you know they showed some regular people. They talked to people. They went to a university. They went to the temple. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it seems all right. Yeah. But one thing I want to say about the temple thing, and this is a minor thing, and this is where I recognize that I'm being far too. Um, sensitive about being politically correct when I say this, okay? Mm-hmm. But when Rene, uh, when they all went into the Vietnamese temple, mm-hmm. who knows what religion it was? Probably state Buddhism because Vietnam has that. Uh, they were presented with some kind of like little um, ceremonial performance, half dance, half concert, whatever, and. Uh, uh, Renee was like, it was like being transported back in time, but but that's not that's like that's bullshit, Renee. Because if you went to a Catholic church in Renee's hometown and she watched whatever ceremony was going on there with like the really like you know uh, dry hymns and like somebody swinging an incense thing around, she wouldn't think that she was transported back in time. Yeah, right. That's kind of colonialism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some real like, oh, this is primitive sort of like viewpoint. You yeah. know what I mean? So I wasn't impressed with Renee in that moment, but I recognize I'm being overly sensitive. Well, I that's an it's an important thing to be aware of for sure. Mm-hmm. I I catch myself making bad goofs on that pretty regularly, <laughs> but it it's yeah no you're 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 right yeah um she should have. She should have known better. She's the scientist. Actually, although if you're if you were on, does she have a degree? I think she does. Actually, yeah, no, she's a research biologist. She's like pretty legit. She does salmon stuff. Okay, Um, but yeah, she uh, she's on camera like all all the time for this, and I imagine that they're just like editing whatever is they think the most interesting out of the things she has to say all day. I couldn't stand being on camera as much as these guys probably have to be on camera for this show. Yeah, totally. Reality totally. TV is a drag. You know, of the four of them, I think Renee usually comes off the best yeah. in terms of um, 
being genuine and in terms of being having interesting things to say and in terms of being natural. And maybe this is just me, but reasonable? She's sure. one of the first, she's one of the few ones who won't be like, you know, I'm not going to say it's a Sasquatch, but it's definitely a Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. She'll, she'll just say, I'm not going to say it's a Sasquatch, and then leave the second Although part she, out. Although she really was all in on Orang Pandak, like, pretty much immediately. Well, and this is this had me thinking, because I've also been, like, historically pretty in on Orang Pandak. And mm-hmm. also, like, this episode. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's that same, you know, exoticism that I'm feeling, where it's like, this is a, str- a place I don't know a lot about. It's mm. a lot easier for me to believe that I don't know something about a place... I know very little about already. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought, though. Mm-hmm. Um, My next note is literally just Bobo is an idiot, <laughs> and that <laughs> could Bobo. that could be applied to any anywhere else. What what do you have that kind of happens next here? Um, yeah, I've got the uh, they go straight from the tourism segment into their very first night investigation, which is probably where that note comes from. I think he's ta- <laughs> I think Bobo spends a lot of time talking about the bugs. Oh, that's right, because there's a living carpet of bugs that they're walking on for but the Bobo, entire time. Uh, Bobo actually wasn't in on that because they split up. It was Bobo and Renee went one way and then right. matt and cliff went the other way yeah. and matt and cliff discovered the carpet of bugs yeah now from a production standpoint when they cut to the carpet of bugs cody trust me on this that was stock footage they put a green filter over it they were did not actually get Whoa. footage of that carpet of bugs i'm telling you dude i bet you if we if we searched for bugs carpet stock bug. footage bug carpet. yeah we would we would probably be able to find it on the internet like for sale Whoa. I'm certain. I'm certain. I'm so naive. Oh, I was like, that? wow, they really got the camera and some good lighting in there on yeah. that bug carpet. No way. No way did they do it. No way. But it's you because... could hear it. Although, do you think that was stock sound too? That I don't know. God, what it's real anymore. I know. I know. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It's hard to tell with these guys. If these guys are willing to fake all this stuff, why not just <laughs> fake showing fucking Bigfoot? <laughs> Oh, what's next to my th- Oh, Cliff. Yeah, this is a, a really great moment when Cliff confides to the camera and it becomes canon uh, in terms of the Bigfoot series uh, mm-hmm. that Cliff is afraid of bugs. That's right. He uh, he gets right up in there and he says, you know, I'm, I'm not super scared of, you know, tigers or wild men, but yeah. I'm scared of bugs. That's right. I mean, to be fair, the bugs, I think there were lots of like, they showed that one bug that they discovered that has looked like nothing I'd ever seen before in my life. Yeah, that one that was a spider, but also a millipede. Yeah, yeah, that, that was freaky. They had some big millipedes too. It was like, to be fair, if I lived in Vietnam, I would probably also be afraid of bugs. Yeah, especially they said that one could kill you. So. Oh god, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. And uh, from this kind of insect-filled night investigation, they move on to the next segment, which is, if you know the formula, mm-hmm. town hall time. It's time to uh, visit the villagers. They don't say really where they are, and there's not a lot of people there. It seems like there's five dudes, and they all have, like, their story. It's just yeah. the five there's dudes. somewhere with... in Vietnam in this giant country. Yeah. And they're uh, just like, oh, we're in, you know, a village, same as any other. Yeah. Just a regular old Vietnamese. Have you ever been to Vietnam? I have not. Okay, okay. You seem like the type that might have. I I would love to go someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of on my, my list of favorite mm-hmm. potential places to go, but I have not been there yet. Um, People but, love it. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I love 
I know this is a dumb like Western tourist thing to say, but mm. I really love the food. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. It's good. Southeast Asian food. Yeah, fantastic. So these guys that are at the town hall, um, they they start interviewing them, seeing what's up, who's who's seen what, where's it at, mm-hmm. and uh, the first guy says, you know, he's out there looking for this rare wood, and uh, he stumbles across two. Uh, wild men at the same time there's one kind of playing around on the ground and there's one hanging out in a tree uh the second guy basically repeats the same thing says he's out looking for uh for this rare wood again Mm -hmm. and uh he comes across one and he sees him and it runs away and uh the final guy says that he was in a cave and saw a set of footprints in the mud that uh, did not look human at all and he kind of got freaked out and you know kept his fire going all night long to prevent himself from being eaten by this thing oh we should mention that that's also part of the mythology is that this one eats you if it catches you yeah yeah uh oh but this is a a thing i wanted to talk to you about max did Mm -hmm. you think it was like the night investigations didn't make any sense to me because they never seemed to establish that this species was nocturnal nocturnal yeah Totally. I mean, they. I think they tried to do that when they were talking about the like, oh, like the folklore about them. Yeah. Where they will, they will, they will grab you, and then they'll wait until night, and then they'll eat you, and then they were like, oh, therefore it's nocturnal. I'm like, eh, yeah. And know. then they talked to three guys who all had daytime encounters, or I guess two yeah. guys who had daytime encounters and one guy who ran into one in a cave. Mm-hmm. But it just, it seemed to me that like. The night thing was a smaller deal, and the cave thing was a bigger deal? It was a bigger deal, yeah. So, uh, like, other primates, like orangutans, chimpanzees, gorillas, are those nocturnal? I don't think so. No. Right? Yeah. Now, as an 8 out of 10 believer, I believe that that Sasquatch is nocturnal. But I have no reason to believe that uh, the Tauri is going to be nocturnal. So... I don't know what, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't even occurred to me. I just totally swallowed that pill without even thinking, <laughs> fucking BFRO. God they, damn it. They, they know how to spin it so, so that you'll buy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, Cliff kind of picks up on it that, that you know, this... Uh, the caves that, are that more the caves important. are more important. And he wants to go check out this ridiculous cave. Uh, he, he goes to do another solo investigation Yeah, classic so Cliff is that classic Cl- Cliff because this is like I said before this is my, only my third episode episode one Cliff does not break away and but when they went to Indonesia Cliff broke away from the group so does that become like is Cliff like a lone wolf well you mentioned it like while we were watching the show and I had to think about it and if there's ever anybody that breaks away like they'll usually do it as a team but if there's somebody that's going to break away and do a solo investigation it's going to be cliff hmm. i would hope cody that that is reflective of after a, a genuine first night of investigation they all sit around like what's our next approach and cliff is like we got to do this and the other three are like no we got to do this and cliff is like god damn it if you're not going to listen to me i'm going to do it myself you guys don't want to spend the night in this spooky-ass cave with me? What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. That's Fine. where we got to go. And to be fair, he's right. Like, that's yeah. where, I, where I thought there was going to... And if there's anything... If they catch... if they Sorry, if they caught anything during this episode, Cliff gets followed by something weird while he's out in that cave. And Maybe. Like, not saying it's, it's like a, a wild man or anything, but I was a little bit spooked that Cliff was going to get attacked by a tiger there for a second. Wouldn't it be... I would have loved that. 
I don't need to see a Bigfoot in this thing. Even if a tiger just like creeped out and was like, oh shit, and they had to scare away a tiger or or just like walk. Just what seeing a tiger walk through the forest would have been like, oh, this was totally worth it. Yeah. So the while Cliff's doing his solo investigation, the other guys uh, go check out these stories from these dudes kind of all around the place. We get, you know, your classic uh, recreations. Um, and they don't, I don't know, the re- recreations didn't really give me a lot more than the stories in the village did. They basically told the exact same thing. Yeah, but you did get the CGI wild men overlaid. You did, which yeah. was very good. Yeah, and actually that was uh, one thing I do appreciate with these later episodes of Finding Bigfoot is that they do have the custom CGI built for whatever monster they happen to be searching for. So the Orang Dak CGI monkey mm-hmm. was definitely different than uh, the Yowri. And yeah. that is different than the Bigfoot. Yeah. And there are subtle differences. That's the most like legit thing this whole program does. Yeah, you just know that there's some guy like at their CGI studio who's working so hard on this. Yes. It's just like this is he just wants to do such a good job. Yeah. And he's new. It, he's only been there for six months and he's not sure where he where he sits with yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you see the the Bigfoot I put in your show this week? And he's like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. But yeah, the, the 3D was, the CGI was pretty good there. And uh, the other thing we found out in that was that there was a, uh, there, there's a cave in the background for one of the guys who didn't say that there was a cave nearby. Yeah, which we, which should have been the focus of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh. It, it kind of provides some more evidence that this is maybe like a cave thing, which would make sense, uh, especially considering that, um, if you remember last week we were talking about Homo floresiensis, the the, uh, the Homo floresiensis remains were found in a cave. So if there's any relation at all, it may make sense. That might be a bit of a leap on my behalf. But Cody, what yeah. um, season was this episode from? I believe this was season three. Season three? My God! There are eight seasons. I thought this was going to be a late ep- a late season episode. No, we're just getting started. Oh my god. I thought they were like, oh, we're out of ideas. What are we going to do? Oh, let's go to Indonesia. Let's go to... Wow. Nope. I'm shocked. Um, you uh, should read some of those episode titles, by the way, that are flying by there. On I'm, um, what I'm doing right now for, for people who aren't in the room is I'm... Uh, oh, this was the season finale, the Vietnam one. It was also called Vietnam colon the heart of squatchness <laughs> god they really love, yeah it's i love that about the show they don't take themselves like yeah. too seriously but god yeah um what i'm trying to do is i'm looking at um the uh credits for the episode so that we can find out who was responsible for the CGI. Oh yeah, I'm definitely interested in in seeing what else they've been working on. Uh, while you do that, I'll just kind of wrap up their their bits here. Uh, the only other kind of interesting thing of note that happens with these witnesses is that uh, Bobo asks one of the guys, uh, you know, what did it look like? And the guy says, oh, you know, kind of like dark brown for, you know, maybe your height, but like not as fat as you. Oh, jeez. Just, like, not the huge beer belly that you have, Bobo. And Bobo, they, they cut to his face, and he just says, Bastard. <laughs> and I, I love that. That was very good. Okay, the guy who did the visual effects for this episode, 
There's a guy by the name of Kenny Roy. Oh, he's the visual effects supervisor. Okay. Supervisor. So hard to say. Maybe I bet you they they farmed it out to somebody. But he did guy, King Kong. He did King Kong. So actually, that makes a lot of sense. What? Hey, we know you from your studio. Uh, we, we we heard you've worked on King Kong. Yeah. We've got the showstopper. That'll get your goods going. It's called Finding Bigfoot. It's a TV show. It's on Animal Planet. That's get right. on it. And this guy was like, oh, yeah. I, like, I'm the monkey guy. I guess I'll make some he CGI monkeys. He did 37 episodes worth of CGI monkeys. He wow. was also an animator on Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the hit movie Garfield. Yeah, and Marco Polo returned return to Xanadu. Nice, Ooh. booty call, <laughs> which was a short. Hmm. Well, it's good to know that he like hasn't totally sold out, and he's still doing the shorts and you know the the festival circuit. Um, oh boy! <laughs> well, so yeah, with all the interviews and everything out of the way, they go into the uh, the final night investigation, and uh, while they're out there and the lights go down, Bobo says. You know, guys, it's our last night in Vietnam, and I want to make this special. Yep. And he hands each of them a special little instrument, like a little musical instrument. A traditional Vietnamese folk instrument. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of go, oh, God, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. And uh, Cliff and Renee head off in one direction, and Matt and Bobo head off in another. And uh, a couple minutes later, you know, Cliff and Renee are saying, okay, you know what, let's uh, let's give these instruments a try. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, break into this pretty sick beat. Yeah. And I, start, I was like, what? You it was guys shocking. have been practicing in the car on the way over. It was, it was totally shocking when it happened. I'm going to drop it in right here. Hey. That's rad. Yeah, and uh, and then after you get this sick beat going, uh, <laughs> off in the distance you hear Matt's little like it's kind of like a washboard thing. As their yeah. symphony, there's a symphony uh, crescendoed. Uh, Bobo joined in with his flute and. If you guys have ever heard the 20th century fox goof, where the guy plays the recorder badly, that's that's what Bobo's up to here. And uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and that like that rings the end of the episode. And uh, Bobo has one more thing to say, which I thought was interesting, which is that you know we're out here in these places listening for things we don't know what they sound like, and there's a million sounds going on that we don't know what they are. Yeah. Why are we out here at night listening for stuff? We don't know what we're totally. hearing. You implied earlier that you thought that Cliff and Renee had practiced. Yeah. I I I didn't. I felt like that was just a spontaneous decision by Renee. I mean, I was somewhat surprised by Cliff, like because I was just expecting him to be like tap tap yeah tap just rhythmically sure. 
but he even he had a, like a little bit of flavor in there. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, tasty sound. Yeah, out of nowhere, Renee just like rips the whole thing wide open. And I think that was completely spontaneous. They were tapping into some kind of love of music or musical background from their youth or something. And to me, that was just such a moment of truth. Possibly the only moment of truth in this entire episode. The most honest. Yes. Yeah, finding so what it's ever been. Yeah, so when it happened, I just couldn't help but just like laugh. I laughed so hard. It was so great. It's like it's the had the same level of truth as when they capture Bobo falling over. Which, by the way, I was shocked that he did not take a tumble in this episode because every episode he falls over. He doesn't do great with the rainforests. He's mm-hmm. a he's a you know a Northwest Coast guy. He does he does better in, on the American side. Something about the magnetism on the other side <laughs> no, of the world. He He's fall, making him he, fall over. He didn't fall over in in Vietnam though. That's true. And he did fall over on that porch in the first episode. <laughs> God. Ah, Bobo. What a goof. I really I don't know. I don't want anybody listening to this to think that I'm like making like fun of these guys. I I really like I think they're all really great people and I Yes. I really like what they're doing and I don't want anyone to call me out for being mean about them but because because I really legitimately think that they love what they do and I think that's beautiful. So I would love to know how they feel the whole finding like um like searching for Bigfoot, investigating Bigfoot, how they feel that activity, that quest has been um uh, portrayed via the Finding Bigfoot program. Yeah, because I feel like it's a it's you know, just just terrible. <laughs> it does. Maybe they're getting a bad edit. Maybe like the producers are kind of goofing them up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. God, I would love to get Renee on the show. Mm-hmm. Just just like pick her brain for a bit, or the, any of the others too. Like I'm sure they'd all have yeah. like, interesting stuff to say. And I don't think like there's a DVD series like you can't go and get the behind the scenes footage from Finding Bigfoot. So I don't know what's going on, but I bet Animal Planet with its like Disney ownership or whatever is like toning it down. Not, yeah, not letting them show the stuff that I want to see. Yeah, maybe the X-rated Finding. Bigfoot. <laughs> we have tons of footage of Bigfoot fucking other Bigfoots. But, but we that's can't, all we have. We can't show it. We can't show this can't Bigfoot show porn. It. No penetration on public TV. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, also this week before I sign off, I want to let everybody know that we've got a Twitter account now. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us at Squatchcasting. At Squatchcasting. Uh, at Squatchcast was somehow taken Um, and we've also got uh, a website so uh, it's officially up now Uh, you can go visit us at www.allbudsnoduds.com and uh, click the squatch cast button Uh, yeah I can I plug I also uh, for anybody who cares um, I also do a a podcast about a program called Lucha Underground which is a wrestling program uh, but if that's your bag, uh, just uh, search in iTunes for Lucha Afterground, which is the uh, Lucha Underground, the world's premier Lucha Underground after show. So uh, check that out. You can find search on Twitter, and you'll find it as well. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, again. And uh, signing off, you know, I've been Cody. I've been Max. And you've been Bigfoot.
out of Pixel Encounter and I 